So Dina, we're here in Berlin. We're in a place called Hermans. Thank you so much for arranging this uh, together with Eileen. We were looking for a place where we could sit a little bit in a, in a quiet environment. There's a bit of eco in the in the, in the room, but we'll do with we'll do with it. Um, one day you woke up and you you said, "I'm going to start an initiative called Circular Berlin." Is it how it happened, really? Of course not. No. <laughs> the story okay. is a bit longer, and it was, I think, a lot of thoughts over the years. Basically, I think it took actually two years before to wake up and say, "Okay, tomorrow I do it." Yeah. And uh, the story, I think, started uh, in 2016. Actually, started much earlier, but I think in 2016 I came to this decision that that a change should come right. in my life. So. Um, I was working in consulting for a long time, however, I'm a macroeconomist by my background. And uh, I decided to take a break, yeah. sometimes people in consulting do. <laughs> I, I heard that story before. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I spent uh, more than six months in Argentina at the point where actually, yeah, it was a lot of time of thinking about my life, what I'm doing and how I actually spend time. Because time, I think, is the most valuable resources in our life. True. And um, basically, after I returned back to Germany, um, I thought that it's me who master of my life, and I want to do what I want to do, and uh, I can put the point of circle economy as next step. Yeah, starting point. So it was you were looking for purpose and what's next, and there was this 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 buzz around circular economy. Like, how did you get to? choose this or you just decided to get started with something? No, no, I had a background uh, more or less uh, indirectly in this topic. So uh, I'm, as I said, I'm a macroeconomist and I'm coming from economic development part. Yep. So basically I studied sustainability mm. seven or eight years ago. <laughs> right. And actually the connection at that time was from degrowth perspective. So. Ah. Oh, that's something we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a, it's a even more challenging than circular economy, in my opinion, because it's really rethinking how economic processes are going. Yeah. And uh, then later, I was engaged in uh, several projects across supply chain and resource management within my consulting, where it's late already connected uh, right. with the topic of circular economy. So you were into this, and right now, uh, what we're going to talk about is the. the the alternative to the top-down approach when developing a circular economy or the complement of the bottom-up that's very important in, uh, in city planning and, uh, and degrowth and oh, there's so many things to talk about. Until you're announced We've not yet lost all our graces The hounds will stay in chase Look upon your greatness and she'll send the call out, 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 send Big eyes. 
circular economy we have a whole investigation and podcast series on this topic a lot of our listeners are familiar with it but I'm very curious uh, why you felt that there was a need for uh, a bottom-up uh, approach or a grassroots components to the circular economy agenda in Berlin that's a great question um, because uh, I was involved in the topic of circular city There is no particular definition what it is, uh, but I made some benchmark on across Europe what other cities are doing, and that's where it started actually top-down. Basically, some governments came up with agenda or city government that we need to have circle economy in place. Right. And uh, in Berlin, however, uh, the development was a bit different. Uh, there is no right now any centralized agenda for top-down approach in this. However, there are a lot of initiatives that are in place that are doing work, that are actually showing that it's working. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt that's something what we can learn of. So it's not something that has to be rethought or done again new, because we can actually take a look what's already going on, what's working, how to learn out of that, and how to grow it in a more sustainable way. Yeah. Do you feel that this is common, that, that cities are trying to Uh, reinvent the city without involving uh, citizens and, and civil society or is it because you told me that that was specific to Berlin or you felt that was particularly true here? Well, um, yes, I can speak for Berlin in 
one way. Uh, I think in Germany, in the notion of circular economy has very like long history already. So it's not like maybe in Scandinavia or in the Netherlands. And uh, the topic evolved already through end of 80s and 90s and had a very particular angle. Mm -hmm. So I do think Germans actually are pioneers in one way in this uh, direction. But uh, the way it has current status, it's not how we actually think or understand circular economy in a new modern way. Right. And uh, in this case, I think it's not that the government, or at least in Berlin, they try to think or involve or tell something. It just has already a very particular vision how it should be, yeah. which maybe could be evolved with some other approaches. Yeah, and, and how would you say uh, this was uh, received by the, let's say, the city officials and, and what is the nature of your relationship today? Well, I had several conversations, obviously, uh, with city officials. Um, first of all, they're actually talking on the topic of zero waste, zero waste direction. And second, I think, which is very, very interesting in Berlin, because the topic of circular economy is actually under environmental regulation. So it's not economic part, it's environmental part. Mm. And that's where they understand now we need to connect these two fields somehow. Mm. <laughs> Basically, the, the different uh, departments within the city council need to start talking to each other across the environmental and economic division. Yes, somehow, yes, it's the right way to do it. <laughs> is it, and that's is that a cultural shock, or what? Like, do you feel that's the main challenge, or does it happen rather uh, naturally? Um, well. I think there are a lot of challenges, to be honest. Uh, so it's not the main challenge, and I think this is actually doable, because at least they also think there is a need for that. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, and there is actually positive feedback regarding that. I think the main challenge in this direction is actually really to get commitment to the steps, really right. to say, yes, we do it, yes, we need it. And that's actually, yeah, a lot of work has to be done. And it has to do with the political agenda, uh, higher up, probably. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
circular economy discussion. Do you have anything that stands out? Well, um, first of all, I think Berlin is really diverse around the projects, so there are really a lot of them. Um, but one of them, which I probably want to mention, is called Daikul. Mm-hmm. It's um, the project run by the Grable Diapers. Yeah. Because it's one of the most pollutant baby industry, let's call it like that. 
and um, babies are producing basically <laughs> that's what you're saying well but products around them at least uh, not very environmental friendly and uh, don't don't make babies people it's it's polluting <laughs> Or, or maybe there is a way, tell me. There is a way, there is a solution though. Daikal at least uh, offer that uh, in one way. And uh, so the uh, project which, um, it's a local Berlin project uh, and it's growing since I think already almost three years. And um, they try to propose, as I mentioned, biodegradable diaper which is connected with Terra Petra. I don't yeah. know if somebody knows what that, but it's a particular approach of uh, dealing with the earth. Mm. And um, it's a very good approach because we want to close the loop through the baby poops, let's call mm. it that, and bring back to the nature where it's possible to grow food actually. Mm. So it's quite controversial, I can imagine, or people are first like, oh, what's, what's going on, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's uh, maybe marketing challenging in a way, that's, yeah. uh, because uh, not everyone wants to deal with it. But I think that's what's so special about Berlin, because I think there are a lot of communities that are first very open to try something new. Right. And that's how this project is right now acting, and that's how they want to promote. They don't want only to bring the market uh, product on the market, but they actually want to operate uh, through open source. Meaning that bringing the knowledge to community and community uh, globally can actually reproduce with their own local uh, resources. It's also involved with the notion of blue economy in this yeah. in this way. And so, how how does the city feel about this project, for instance? Are they also like a bit? Um, I know only. This, I mean, there are, for, on the city level. So, if you talk about decision makers, it's one story. But uh, I know that uh, the guys actually tried the project already across several Berlin communities and districts, and uh, basically it's organized across uh, 20, 30 families where they they also swap. Uh, uh, it's possible to swap yeah. <laughs> the diaper, and it was very positive feedback. So as soon as people t uh, tested, there is there is no smell. It's actually a very good product, and sometimes it's possible to add there uh, some kind of coffee for coffee leftovers, which also actually smells nice. <laughs> and oh. I'm, lear I'm learning a lot of things today. Yeah. Uh, as for the uh, decision makers, we discussed that I had the chance to address this type of approach. And uh, the problem, or I, or I can also understand the challenge why they were they were positive about that, but in the same, on the other hand, also it was a question how to implement that, because right now this is very uh, small, way, I mean, like small thing of waste uh, in 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 the city, and they didn't know how basically to solve the big problem with this right. approach, and that's where I think the main challenge of so from pilots to to scaling yeah. the pilot. Get into the di the diaper business, people. It's hot right now in Berlin. Mm -hmm. You see, man 
We talked about circular economy in Berlin, grassroots. Now I want to talk about degrowth. <laughs> so degrowth. So you guys know about growth, right? Everyone knows about growth. Not everyone knows about degrowth. And I know that's a topic that you're also very uh, interested in. And a lot of people in Germany are part of that movement, actually. Um, or let's say, as when you look at the whole movement, Germany has a strong share Uh, among all the countries interested in degrowth, how do you so how do you explain it, and what's uh, why is it interesting right now for you? Wow. <laughs> well, degrowth topic is a very challenging uh, area, I think. And you're right. In Germany, they have a particular share of like the yeah, movement in this case. I wouldn't call it as well as a big one. Uh, and I think it's more called as a post-growth theory right so post-growth degrowth yeah um, and um, well I came to the point that, uh, or actually started dealing with that uh, as I said in 2010 2011 and basically there was 
it was economic interest for me uh, because whenever we learn from macroeconomy, there has to be always growth. That's actually our education system. So, in, right. from economic perspective, the growth is something which brings stability. The growth is something which brings transparency, or not transparency, but uh, prosperity. Sorry. Right. And um, the question was: uh, Is it really so? Is it really so that if we don't grow, we go into recession and everything collapses and the house come and so on and so forth? Right. That's basically my initial interest was, and of course, after learning from the economic processes, also understood it actually has very positive impact on our society and environment if we rethink how we deal with that. So, so the story that we are told and educated with is that we need growth to prosper as a society and you came in and started thinking by yourself about if that's really true alternative and that's how you found the, the movement more or less. Exactly, so I, um, that's how I discovered that it's true. So I came from the question, do we really need growth for our prosperity? And um, as I said, I'm a macroeconomist, so I actually uh, was dealing with the macroeconomy of degrowth and it was hardly the topic in the degrowth movement uh, because it's very, very difficult to justify uh, how it should work if you don't uh, frame it as a plan economy. Mm. <laughs> and um, so basically that was my initial interest and I jumped to the movement, to discussion. There were a lot of interesting views on how it has to be in place, how it has to be developed. Uh, yeah, I remember like 2012, 2014, I, actually it was really, really live for me until the point when I realized whenever you come to, again, to politicians and just mention the notion degrowth, there Horrible, is, right? Yeah, yeah there, is, there is this fear appears in the eyes. And they kick you out of the room, <laughs> they never want to hear your name again. Yes, it was, uh, it was indeed like that. I even had a situation, it was very, very uh, weird question, like, why degrowth? Who needs that in the economy? Like, well, that's basic question which is <laughs> probably discussed at the moment. Right, so right now uh, the, the attempt to, is to open a dialogue. Um, I give you one song to think about how we change the story out there about growth, like how you think we can start changing that story.
Oh, don't you think we need a bit of rock and roll in life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you to, to Eileen who's been creating this playlist back here from the studio and it feels good. Now, do you have the million dollar answer to the million dollar question? How do we start a discussion about degrowth and because the, the, the story of growth and GDP growth is so embedded in our culture and in our political system. Uh, do you have any ideas of how to start? I, mean, I think first of all, it's, I want to say it doesn't matter how it's called, degrowth or whatever it is. Uh, Post-growth. Post-growth. There's uh, another one also. Uh, stable, stable growth. There is a, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of notions around that. Even if, it, I mean, I relate this topic, as I mentioned already, to the circular economy. Even if it's a circular economy path as well, which can contribute to that. I think it starts anyway with the values. Uh, and that's what's so challenging about that, that we need to rethink and start with ourselves what we actually need. And as, a, as individuals. As individual, and that's I think why degrowth is so challenging to grasp because it's questioning directly our habits mm. and the way we live. And that's why as soon as it comes to decision makers, they oh god, it's a difficult way. And um, that's why I think it's a, <laughs> I don't know if it's a million dollar answer, but I think it's uh, actually embedded to the point that we need to start thinking what we need. And that's why I do connect it with the circle economist uh, because it um, most in most way connected with our resources. And I think for me it's not about actually business models or something. It's the way we respect our resources and the way we value them. And uh, that's where the starting point also for degrowth and for circle economy in this case for me. Mm. Yeah, and I can imagine there's also a lot of, of fear of of a system that is not about growth. I mean, it's it's so deep when you really think about it because uh, we're talking about value, redefining value creation in the end. And we define value creation with economic indicators. But what yeah. you're saying in a way is we need to rethink how we get value in society and does it really have to do with economic growth, right? If I that, yes, that's true, that's true. Um, to be honest, I think it's uh, not a question of redefining that. I think it's more back to the roots. <laughs> back to the roots. Yeah, because uh, I don't think it's something extra new that we have to invent. We have been there. Uh, we know, not our generation, but definitely from the history, actually, that's how it was in the past. And I don't want to claim we need to be back and not... Uh, right, uh, people don't like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to claim that, but I do think that we have to learn from history, basically, how it was, and to think how it could be also embedded in the current stage. Right. That could be a six-hour discussion by itself. <laughs> We're just teasing you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that, um, what can you see? Well, we're in a nice place, a bit of eco, uh, but you can see what Dina looks like, that we're having a nice cup of coffee and listening to good music. Uh, now you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. We go for the next song now. Walk away. I 
some topics and they decide to get engaged on those topics uh, for um, because of passion or because of because of fear or how how was it in your case I mean you told me about your previous interest in economics but you could have gone in many directions in the field of economics well I think it's a very individual path so of course I can speak from my experience or my learning, so, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's so many answers to these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my case, um, as I mentioned, I think for me it was a trigger actually time. I felt like it's not the point that I, I don't know, I, I have, have something happened the next day or something, but um, I'm, I'm from Russia, I live in Germany, and uh, I live far away from my, from my family and uh, so on, and I felt in the point like, why I spend days the way I spend them rather than I could actually be close to them. And um, at that point I felt, uh, okay, whenever I invest my time and my actions, I think it has should be should worth it. Mm. And um, of course, it's, I think it's the first step and I think the, the most difficult one, actually to find um, power in yourself and uh, to decide that I actually want to follow what I want to do. I think it's uh, the most challenging because mm. on the one hand uh, you don't know how to do that. Mm. <laughs> nobody told you, nobody explained you, nobody gui- guiding you. Right. And uh, also there is sometimes doubts about actually is it right way? Is it actually what I want to follow? Does it mean that if I'm committed now that I have to be committed the rest of my life? Uh, that's all, all this question around that. But uh, in my case um, Somehow I, I, I had the feeling that that's a topic, that's uh, the way how I want to live, that's the uh, way to what I want to contribute now, I want to dedicate this period of my life to that. So I can't promise how long it will be, but anyway, um, I have my um, tops and downs moment, of course, as everyone. 
Um, but I see that when I honestly involve that, I get feedback also from others, and I see that it's actually worth doing that. I think that's the main driver, and of course it's a journey, which um, sometimes difficult to predict which direction it will go. But basically, I think the actions by itself that's actually what triggers uh, uh, the motivation and action. Yeah. But I, it's very, very interesting what you're what you're saying, and, and, and thank you for sharing because it's also opening a new uh, frame um, in my mind. Because you, you're talking about time and valuing how you spend your time, and reaching a point where you decide that it has to be worth it. So there is a notion of self-esteem here as well, and I would say that if you don't value yourself or how you spend your time. If you don't have that self-esteem, it's very hard to make the move. Do you, did, did you ever think about that? Yes, I think it was... Uh, actually, it's very good that you touched it, because... Uh -huh. <laughs> we're going deep. It's the last question, but we're going deep. But it's indeed, it's a question of self-esteem, and I think it was uh, some time in my, in my path where I had really to... Not the point that it was low or high self-esteem, but the point to really revelate who I am and what I want. And um, that's long story, that's why I said it's not so easy to say I just woke up and tomorrow decided to start right. with that. Um, but basically, yes, it has to be the point where a person has a need, basically, to contribute to that and actually more or less evaluate the action and uh, ability to do that. Mm. But I believe that if people are honest with themselves, I'm pretty sure most of them actually want to do that. Mm. It's just a little bit push. Takes and, a bit of yeah. Yeah, courage and, and finding the power. I yeah, understand. and then I think it's really astonishing how much support you actually can get for that. Uh, I, w I'm, I'm, I feel so very happy with what I'm doing in a way that I feel that there is so much positive energy and support about, about around that, which I didn't expect in the, in the past. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Oh, this is turning into a therapy, uh, psychotherapy <laughs> show. Uh, now we're going to uh, keep to, uh, to playlists and, and uh, fun questions. But it's, it's, it's very important to understand this and to deconstruct that piece because this is what most people out there are struggling with. Yeah. You know, is the why. The why am I doing what I'm doing? And what, what would it look like if I was doing something else? So now I really want to thank you for being with us today. Uh, it was too short as always, but uh, yeah, we'll be following your work at Circular Berlin. We'll put the links in the, in the episode notes. And uh, well, I hope to see you soon. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>